There's just something about being with you guys. There's just something about being with the church, right? Did you know that every Sunday morning, we're here together? We're here together. We're here together. Uh, Some meet at 9 a.m. Some people meet at 11 a.m. And that is the church. And we encourage one another. I mean, I want to tell people just... You need like good news, right? I got good news for you. There's a group of people ready just to care for you and love on you on a weekly basis, and we get to do this. We get to be a part of this. Speaking of good news, uh, you know how uh, Jesus is uh, good news. We're going to get into that in just a minute. When I was a teenager, I would go out and uh, growing up in a Baptist church, I was a good little Baptist boy with my tie and my khaki pants on and my Bible in hand. And I would go to a nursing home that my grandfather was a part of called Summit Villa. It's not there any longer. It's renamed, rebranded, if you will, in Talmadge. And I would go there and I would talk to people and somebody encouraged me, you know, you should share the gospel with people and I can do that. And they couldn't move fast, so they couldn't get away from me very fast. So I figured it was okay. There was one, one really precious, precious lady uh, that was confined to a kind of a wheelchair bed. You know, it sat up higher, and it was, it was mobile. It had wheels on it and stuff. And, and she didn't really say much. We were able to encourage one another by, you know how you could just be around somebody, and you just feel encouraged by that person. And I didn't know if whether or not she knew Jesus. She really couldn't articulate. But I was like, I'm just going to share it, and I'm going to see what happens. And so I laid it out. You know, I laid it out. You know, I was prepared. I was ready. Jesus loves you. And I said to this sweet, precious lady, would, would you like to ask Jesus in your heart? And, and in that moment, she began to move And wouldn't you know it, her little hand came up and smacked me right across the face. I'm not lying. I never saw her move that much. And she hit me, and it's like with such force that it made me think, okay, am I going to do this Christian thing or not? This was intense. I got beat up by an old lady sharing the gospel. No offense. Those of you that would, you're not old, so don't worry about it. And so we, that's just the way it's going to be, church. There's going to be some people in like those precious movies where they sit down and they're like, I'm ready, give it to me. Give me the prayer, I'm all in. And they sell all their stuff and give it to the church and they, you know, ready to go. And, and, and so there may be times like that. There's going to be a lot more times where you're just going to get slapped. You may not get physically slapped. You may get emotionally relationally. They may ghost you. Let's use a term from this era. They may just wipe you out of their life because they're like, come on, I don't, we've known each other forever and you don't bring this stuff up. You do your thing. That's good for you. I don't want any part of that and stuff. And, and when we try to share truth and it's rejected, I anticipate that a lot of times the reason why people don't share the truth is it could be a lack of confidence not really sure what to say, where do I go? There's lots of different ways to explain it for sure, but we haven't taken the time to learn any of them. I would say, well, just share your story, just how you came to know Jesus and how Jesus has changed your life. And the reality is you're you're not even sure how to articulate your story, right? Is this in any way hitting, 
hitting home here. So I, I, I want to show you one way today. I want to show you how to share the gospel. I want to share with you what the gospel is and what it means. I want to walk through that with you. Today's going to be some discipleship training, and it can't end here. This can't be your only time that you actually do any discipleship training whatsoever. You should be on a regular basis seeking, learning, growing. This isn't a, this isn't a country club where you, can, you show up and you have some laughs and you go home. The, the reality is that we're, we're, we're not even just a team, like we're, we're in battle, we're an army. We're a group of people that come together to fight alongside this battle. We're here to fight for one another, not against one another. There is an enemy, there is an enemy, and it does not have to be other believers. So I want to walk through that with you today. Open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9. Go to the end of Matthew 9. We're going to repeat some verses from last week. And a lot of stuff of what you're going to hear today is probably nothing new. In fact, you, you might even put it in the category of uh, borderline a little cheesy. But hey, I like cheesy and I grew up with cheesy, so I know cheesy. There's a lot of different, more modern ways of being able to do this, uh, being able to share what gospel is, but I want to walk through that with you here in just a moment. Last week, I introduced you to the, the, the statements uh, that we're going to be walking through the next couple of weeks, the call, the consequences of the call, and the courage it takes to be able to accomplish that call. So let's just kind of like back up just a step and remember what Jesus' overall like summary ministry was from Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35, and then we're going to get into his statement. Matthew 9, 35, Jesus traveled through all the towns and the villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news. Now, of course, that good news phrase is synonymous with the gospel because it is good news. Probably a better translation is really what it is. is It's the good news of the coming Messiah and about the kingdom. He healed every kind of disease and illness, verse 36. Now, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. He, solved to, he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the fields. Last week, we looked at three separate elements from this passage, how Jesus looked, prayed, and then he went, right? So look, pray, go is what we said last week. He looked around. He just opened his eyes and looked around. Now, yes, Jesus was, in fact, 100% God, is 100% God, and, in fact, was, while on this earth, 100% man. So there was moments of his humanity that you can see that came out from time to time. Not that he didn't know, but to have compassion, to be moved with compassion is what's going on here. And it wasn't just a, a light, nice little feeling, but it was like to, the, to his core, in his gut, like he just felt this compassion. So he looked around. You and I need to look around beyond these walls, not inside. You need to look beyond. Did you know that ministry, more ministry should occur outside of these walls than inside of these walls? Amen? You should be on your way, working with people, interacting with people, going to gatherings and meetings that are outside of the church and interact with people. Get into their world and try to connect. So look around. 
I'm willing to bet if you opened your eyes and just said, Jesus, show me how you see people, that you would too would be moved with compassion to say, man, these really are lost people. Go to a local store and just look around. Look at how parents are interacting with their kids. Look at how, uh, you know, adults, couples are interacting with each other. Look at how the, how the, uh, the, the clerks and stuff are, are, are interacting with customers. Just look around and see for yourself that people truly are lost. There's always been a need for Jesus. And it seems like every generation as this world and life declines, as it was anticipated in Scripture, we need Jesus more than ever before. And guess what? In 50 years, somebody with their head on straight will say, this world, unless the Lord comes back and changes all that up, we're going to say this world needs Jesus more than ever before because it's going to continue to decline. Good things can happen in this world, but it's not overall going to get better. That's anticipated, prophesied. It's going to continue to decline. So he looked around, and then Jesus talked to his disciples, and he said, guys, pray. Right? He took a moment to look, and then he said, we got to pray. This is so overlooked, especially within the church, is prayer. You say, well, wait a second. You got it on your wall. Well, because we have to keep it on the forefront of our minds constantly of training, because right, generally, we just do. Hey, I'd like to sign up for that. I want to be a part of that. I want to go over here. Did you even take a moment and say, God, where are you going that you want me to go with you? Shelly and I kind of talked about this just last night when we were talking about some church families uh, see that there's a need, and some church families may, may take it as trendy. I don't know their hearts. Um, to do like maybe a midweek or Saturday night gathering time for the church. And in some cases, it just doesn't work out. Now, maybe the Lord wanted them to go through that. I don't know. But oftentimes, we'll start things or even anything, you know, program or whatnot. They'll start something because they're like, ah, let's do this. Without stopping and saying, God, is this what you want to have happen? Where are you going that I could just follow you? Rather than, God, I'm going this way. Can you just send a little blessing my way? Just bless what I want to do. And so we pray, God, do you want us to do this? Do you want us to, where do you want us to go? Lord, where do you want me to go? He, you got to be careful because he might say, I want you to go to Slovenia. Remember we talked about the Shirkmans last week and introduced you. They prayed, he sent. And they've been there ever since they've been married. So they've been doing life, raising their four kids there. They were all born there. Sometimes he's going to say, I want you to cross the pond. Sometimes he's going to want you to cross the state line. Hey, you know what? This has been great where you are. Good training. I want you to go across state line. Sometimes he's going to want you to go across county line. And even sometimes he's going to get you to go across your property line and just go next door. You know, that's a mission field too, right? Sometimes he'll ask you just to cross down the hallway in your very own house because that is a mission field. But if you don't pray, how do you know where he wants you to go? So once you look around, 
Once you just kind of take it all in, then you got to pray over it, and then you have to go for it. And that takes us to Matthew chapter 5, 10, verse 5, where we're learning about the call. Matthew chapter 10, verse 5. We're going to focus on this small statement for the next three weeks. Are you ready? Here we go. Jesus sent out the 12 apostles. Now, remember, I, I shared with you that disciples up to this point, they were known as disciples, learners. We will always have a moment of discipleship because we're always learning. And they likewise, interchangeably, were referred to the disciples, the apostles. At this point, they adopt that understanding of being and that label of being an apostle because now they're not just learners. The apostle, the word apostle means sent ones. They are now being sent out. And in this passage of scripture where it says that Jesus sent out the 12, went through the number of disciples, gave them very clear guidelines and the rest of uh, the beginning there of chapter 10, this you could refer to as like the small commission. I know at the end of uh, Matthew uh, 28, there's the great commission. This would be, you could kind of call it like the mini commission. And it was specifically for the disciples. It was, for, it was for them to go to a very specific group of people, the Jews, and to go through this training. They're going through some training here. Now, how does that apply to us? We still are asked to look we're still asked to pray, and we're still asked to go. Not specifically with the same exact guidelines that they were given, but we can still learn from this. And primarily, I want to teach on today, uh, Matthew 10, verse 7, this idea of the call. And he says, go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, this word here, go, um, this idea of keruso, means to speak out. Go and announce means to speak out. Somebody say announce. That's what that does right there. You got to speak it out. Number of months ago, I said, I said a statement. I want to kind of adjust. I had said a very nice statement that many people are like, ooh, that's good. But it was incomplete. Preach the, lie, preach the gospel every single day, and if necessary, use words. Period. I'd like to remove that period at this time and say maybe a dot, dot, dot. I don't know, English majors? I don't know what goes there. But let's just go ahead and say that's incomplete. Because it's always necessary to use words. It's always necessary if you're going to share something. Because rarely, rarely, somebody say rarely, rarely, thank you, will you have somebody. It could happen. But rarely will you have somebody come up to you and say, hey, I've been watching your life. Something's different. Tell me about what's so different with you. They say to me, well, you're weird. Tell me why you're so weird. And I, we talk about it. And so rarely are you going to have somebody just come up to you and do that. Don't wait on people to come up to you because they've been watching your life more than ever before. Hear that again? There's people that are isolated. People are isolating. They're living next to people for years, 30, 40 years, and they don't know the person that has lived across the street from them for the same amount of time. Because we isolate. We isolate ourselves. It's most likely not going to happen. How you move forward, how you move forward, that's, that's that difference between just being a disciple, and there's a time for that, and being an apostle, a sent one, 
where you go and you share the good news of Jesus. So what is the call? Well, I just laid it out for you. Look, you can't just you just can't see your boss as that boss anymore. You can't just look at your coworkers as coworkers anymore. You can't just look at your exes, well that's just my ex anymore. As a follower of Jesus, we now must look at people, anybody that doesn't know Jesus as souls without Christ. Everybody. Everybody needs this message. God loved the world so much that he did what he did. Gave his only son that we would have life. You can't just look at your neighbors as your neighbors anymore or council members as those people. You have to look at people as a mission, on mission to connect with them. Sometimes it's going to take relationships. Sometimes it's going to take you to get to know them a little bit more before you can lay it out and speak into that. And I'm here to tell you, sometimes it doesn't. We have crafted such a thought that I must be so into somebody's life before I can ever share truth with them of a spiritual nature. And in some cases, that is one way to do it. But it is not the only way to do it. Sometimes you can just share. You know this is true if you've ever taken a flight somewhere and the person next to you just loves to talk. They're unloading their life to you. That's a person that you don't need to know any more about. You just, just, just go into their world right, right then and there and, and tell them about Jesus. But we lack confidence and we lack what to say we haven't put a lot of effort into this. We haven't done training. We haven't spent time at home in pieces of paper actually writing it out. Okay, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you a way to do that today. In fact, we even have blank copies of what you see behind me in the lobby on the next step table. So you can take those home and you can even practice that on your own. I have done this multiple times just by myself, teaching myself the gospel so that I can share it more and more fluently. So you got to look, you got to pray, and eventually you have to go. You have to go. You can't continue to just sit in your own personal relationship with Jesus and say, well, hopefully they'll get it. Hopefully God will send somebody. Jesus told his disciples, pray for people. And then they came back. We've been praying for people. At least I, I assume that they did. And then Jesus, great news. He's sending people. Who? You. Now go on, get. And here's what you're going to do. You're going to do these things and these things and see these people. So we need to eventually go. I want to get into uh, drawing this out for you so we can walk. Do you, make sure that everybody uh, that has a message notebook if you do not have one and you would like to do this with us, raise your hand and I will have somebody come around and give them to you. Didn't Mary do a great job handing these out? I love that. Pastor's orders. I love that so much. That was so great. Way to go, you. All right, so open up your message uh, notebook there as we walk through this a little bit together. Now, some of you, you're going to say, well, I just, I mean, I know this. This is like old hat, no doubt. But I anticipate that many do not. 
Uh, we're even going to have it up on the screen here whenever, whenever it's time for that uh, so that you can see it a little bit closer as well. My goal here today is to show you how simple you can receive and learn this. You, again, you've got to put in some effort. How you can share the gospel with it, I'm going to show you just one way. If you memorize two verses, you will have the gospel, the good news, you'll have the good news of Jesus, and you'll have a prayer laid out that you can even walk somebody through. You don't have to actually have a copy of scripture with you, but you could. But if you memorize these, this will help you walk through it. It'll give you the confidence to be able to understand it. I'm going to use a red marker. There's no symbolism in this. It's just a contrast for you to see what I've written versus what I'm going to write now. What's different from what's on your paper. Grab a pen that's near you, and I'm going to walk you through. How do, how do I invite someone to pray for salvation? How do I even do this? Well, they need to know what they're actually praying for to even begin with. So we're going to start with these two verses, Romans 6.23 and John 1.12. We're going to look at these two verses as the primary verses. Now, that doesn't mean that you memorize these verses and then you have to write them out for people. You don't have to do that. You're, you're looking at just between the lines here. Stay in your lane, bro, right? In between the lanes, the lines. And then here's like two sides. These are indicating mountains. It's more, indi it's more depicted better in your notebook there. Okay. So as we begin, this represents... You. This represents me. And God loves you. God loves me so much. There's no way to quite comprehend how much. From the moment, even before you were conceived in your mother's womb, he loved you you. You don't have to do anything, speak anything, be anything for God to simply love you. Just you being you is enough. And it's not because it's you, it's because God is God and he chooses to love you no matter what. He absolutely loves you. And as he created you in your mother's womb, he had a plan, an awesome, wonderful plan you. You see, at the beginning of time, there was an intimate relationship between humanity and God, and sin entered the world through one man's sin. One man's sin, all the world now has this tainted stain of sin that divides, and there's nothing that you can do alone to bridge that gap. Literally, there's nothing you can do to make up for it because everybody has sinned and everybody falls short of the glory of God. And so I understand what you're going to say. You say, well, what if I just try really, really hard? What if I serve? What if I give? Don't you remember in our study in Matthew, we heard that some people said, well, didn't I prophesy in your name? Didn't I feed people in your name? No matter what, even if you do it in Jesus, unless you know Jesus, there's no way to bridge that. We're going to try everything on our own, and it will always fall short. 
At the beginning of this verse, Romans 6.23, we have, for the wages of sin is death. Now let's talk about these words for just a moment. Wages. Wages is an interesting word that we probably don't use a whole lot today, uh, but really it comes down to a payment. There's a payment that needs to be paid. And why? Well, because of this small word right here, sin. Sin is anything that's against God, that's opposing God, that's not in line with God, anything. And if it's in scripture, it's, it's true. It's actually, it actually is sin. Jesus calls it a sin, it's a sin, right? If God calls it a sin, it's a sin. It doesn't matter how you try to relabel it or regroup it in our world today, it doesn't matter. It still is a sin. And so the payment for sin, and not, not just any sin, your sin, my sin, all sin. The wages, the payment of sin is death. And so somebody's, somebody's going to die for this. A life is going to be given. And it can't be me because I'm not a perfect sacrifice. I'm not a perfect payment. And so there's got to be a payment for sin. Now on this side, we have the next line. There's a gift of God and it is life. Now the gift that we have here is free. I know there's no such thing as free. There's always a catch. No, literally, and I'm going to lay it all out for you the next couple of weeks on all this, what this looks like, a free gift, what's coming with that? No, literally, a free gift of God and so you get life. Now, God doesn't talk about the temporary, the temporal, if you will. He's all the eternal. This is real life, not just real life full of joy and peace with God on this world, but in the world to come, right after this life. And so on here, we've got sin, death. On this side over here, we have God, we have this gift, we have life, and yet I can't do it on my own. So God sent his only son to pay for the sins of the world. And by doing so, created a bridge. A bridge between humanity and God. And it's only through Jesus that this can even happen because he is in fact the only perfect sacrifice. You've heard this story when he died on the cross. And so it's all set up. It's all ready. You get to decide whether or not you're going to believe it. But to all who believed him and Received. Now, in the New Living Translation, it says accepted. 
synonymously, I use the word received here, not changing the meaning of scripture in any way. The root word still is exactly the same. If you look it up, they're interchangeably completely. So here we go. But to all who believed, you believe that? Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, absolutely. God and I have been good. I've known God forever. Some people will say, oh yeah, ever since I was born, I believed in God. And you kind of missed the point. Uh, No, you didn't actually. And so, but to all who believed and received, believing is not enough. Believing is simply not enough. The demons believe and they shudder. You can believe, but until you receive, nothing changes. And so, but to all who believed and received. So, so if I believe it, okay, I choose to receive it. I choose to receive that. Then you become children of God. And here's your prayer. You have a moment in your booklet right there, your notebook at the bottom. It's very simply laid out. All you have to do is put some effort into it, put some work into it, and just go, I know, well, I'm not good with words. Well, memorize that. <laughs> there you go. So, so a simple prayer, Heavenly Father, I choose to believe this. And I'm receiving you today. Please forgive me of my sins. Thank you for allowing me to Become your child. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And that's how we lay it out for people. You don't have to draw it out. You can, visual aids work. You guys are very attentive as I'm drawing on this little uh, makeshift whiteboard. But it gives you, and like I said, there's lots of additional, modern, updated ways in which You can do it with different symbols and things of that nature. Whatever you do, do something. Do something sharing the truth. And if you're not sure, because there's probably a lot of different things out there, maybe even some hokey things, I get it, then send it to us and we'll look over it and say, oh yeah, yeah, that's absolutely, that hits hits the points that we talk about. Doesn't matter necessarily how you write it out, but there's a a few things that are essential, right? Only Jesus, we have have sin, Uh, you need new life. Like we can walk through that. My point today is to help you see that you can do this. So what is the call in your community? What is the call in your life? Miracles still do happen. They truly do. Christians should truly avoid the extremists where everything's a miracle or nothing's a miracle. God is still in the miracle working business. I may use that term a little loosely for sure, because watch it, but even watching your, your family member who would never change go from death to life in Jesus' name, That's a a game changer right there. That's a miracle. God is still in a healing business. He still does all that he has ever done. How he does it is entirely up up to him. Remember Pastor Craig laid out, talked about healing, how it really comes down, ask. 
and he gets to decide how it's all going to go. We don't obligate, there's no way to obligate God. We're not twisting his arm or anything like that. We simply have a relationship with our heavenly father. So where does God want you to go? What does God want you to do? You probably don't have an answer yet. That's why you need to just stop and look around, man. Look around as the Lord moves you to compassion. I got to believe that he would do that. Then pray. Pray through all of it. Lord, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Who do you want me to tell? Because now that you know Jesus and you have received the gift, become a child of God, you can know the plan that he has for you. And what an incredible thing to be able to then tell other people how they can know God's amazing, wonderful plan for their life. And sometimes you're going to get somebody that's going to be all in. And you're going to be able to sit down with them, talk with them, disciple them. You're going to be able to like, it's going to be wonky and it's probably going to be messy and it's probably going to be hard. Yeah, that's the way it is. And, and you're going to push through and push through and it's going to be remarkable and wonderful. Five, 10 years from now, you're going to, you're going to continue to walk through life with them. There will be times most likely that that'll happen. And I want you to anticipate more times that it will not go the way that you want it to go. I anticipate that there'll be times that you might just straight up get slapped. I know there's going to be times where somebody's going to just avoid you. Anticipate that the world will hate you because they hated Christ. Sound familiar? Anticipate it. So, the big idea for today is, are you a disciple of Christ, a disciple of Jesus? Are you a learner? Are you learning? Are you trying to learn anything between today and next week, next Sunday morning? This cannot be the only time that you learn and train in discipleship. There's got to be something else that you're doing or moving forward. If you don't know what to do, then message me or call me or talk to me. Come in here. I don't know what to do. And then we'll figure it out together. There's so many wonderful, good options for you to be able to learn on your own as well. And then we'll walk through these things with you. But you've got to go. I cannot want your uh, discipleship more than you. You got to want it, man. You got to want it. We got to keep moving forward. So if you are a learner of Christ, you can share the, the gospel, the good news of Jesus with confidence. You can. You absolutely can. Let me tell you about our very own Nicole Dyer. Nicole Dyer, I've, I've been in ministry with her alongside her now for a long time, you know, a good number of years. It could be even over 10 years, even more than that. Um, and there was a period of time where um, didn't feel comfortable praying with people. I know that sounds weird, right? Because you go up to her right now and say, hey, will you pray, pray for me? She's praying right there because she has pushed through the awkward moments. I sat with a pastor one time and I said, hey, let's pray for each other right now. We were in a coffee shop and the pastor goes, here? Oh boy. 
Yeah, we need even more than prayer. Like, I don't know if you need more than prayer. But I mean, we need so much prayer right now. Like the fact that you'd be almost like hesitant uh, to pray. We're going to do it right here and now. And it's awkward and it's weird and it's messy. And that's it. Just keep pushing through. Keep pushing through and let it be. There's awkward first dates. There's awkward first interviews. There's awkward first days. There's awkward moments when you take your child home for the first time as a new parent. And you're like, what do I do? It's broken. No, it's just doing what babies do. And by the time you have your third one, you're like, nah, it's fine. Just put the leg back on. You know, no big deal. You got to push through those awkward moments. You got to keep moving forward to eventually you can say to people, oh, you need prayer? Let's do it. Come on, give me your hands. And you can watch their eyes go like this. You're going to pray out loud right now? You have no idea how well I'm going to do it right now. Here we go, nice and loud. And we pray together. And when I pray for people over the phone, it's amazing how much they're moved to tears. My goal isn't to make people cry, but people are just overwhelmed like, you just did that? Yeah. And we need more of that. So here's what we're going to do this week. I want you to practice sharing the truth of Jesus with others. Maybe, just maybe, take time in your life group or in your family and practice sharing this truth. Just go for it. Just go for it. Go Move through it. And guess what? You may get it wrong the first time or 12 times. I don't know. Have somebody come alongside you and say, hey, let's make a little adjustment right here. Ah, okay, then keep going and keep going, and let's keep practicing together. For next week, uh, read through the end of Matthew 9 as we are, because we're going to sit right there for two more weeks, and then the beginning of Matthew 10 to give you a big view of, of what we're learning and how this plays out. Today, we learned about the call. Next week, we're going to learn about the consequences of the call. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this truth. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the good news. Man, this is great news. It's such good news to know that we can live at peace with you, a holy God. I know that we're all going to stand before you at some point in time. We will all stand before you, the righteous, holy one, and give an account for our lives. God, I want to honor you on this side of this. I want to worship you. I want to share so much about that with other people that they too will be able to experience life to the fullest. Thank you so much for your word, your guide. Thank you for this church family in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, stand as we get ready to head out here today. As you know, next couple of weeks, uh, maybe, uh, we're going to sing the doxology as we head out here uh, today, so join me. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly Son and Holy Ghost. Amen. Now say it with me. Go and be the church.